Okay, yesterday's daf was daf kuf aleph. Today's kuf beis. We're going to do a review of yesterday's daf kuf. Today's we are learning the for shalema for hadas basranya for michal aviv basyudis for all else who need it. Okay. What? Oh, you're right. Hindachaya bas chanamalka. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, and let's Amy begin. Bas-Dvora. And Amy Bastvora, right? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Emmy Okay. So let's get the review going. We're starting off at the um, Gemara of yesterday's daf, um, starting towards the bottom of the page on daf kuf amod beis. So uh, there's a discussion in the mission. It's talking about these various women, mama enes, shnia, and an islandess, and it says they don't get any ksuva, no payrolls, no nothing. And uh, the question is, according to Rav, he puts in the list even a Ketana who was married off by the mother and brother who actually received the get. It's the same halacha, no ksuva. And surely it's true for Mamenes where she doesn't even get, uh, you know, for sure she won't get a ksuva. And Shmuel says, no, it's only Mamenes that doesn't get a ksuva. But if she's Yoytze Beget, that in itself entitles her to a ksuva. And that's Shmuel Lishitasai, because Shmuel says, that um, Amenes um, does not have a ksuva, uh, but Yetzirah does have a ksuva. Amenes is not puzzled from the brothers, and uh, or the kuna, and uh, but Yetzirah is. Uh, it's like basically a marriage as far as uh, we're concerned, and therefore she cannot marry his brothers, and he cannot marry, and uh, she, he's, uh, she cannot marry a kohen. Amenes um, doesn't need to wait the three months, but a Yotze Beget does. We make her like a low plug. Even though, obviously, she's a Ketana, she's not able to have kids, we don't make a distinction. And she would need to wait the three months. So what's the Chiddush? Shaila is, what's the Chiddush? Hi, didn't we learn this all in a Mishnah? It's saying that somebody who's a Mam Enes, um, but he, he's allowed to her relatives, she's allowed to his relatives, and there's no Psulkona, uh, he gives a Get, then he is also to a relative, she's also to his relatives, then she's possibly a So it's exactly the same thing. What are you telling me? No, the answer is, is that the Chiddush of Tzrichel Amtin, Gimel Chadashim, that's the Chiddush. Um, that's not mentioned anywhere. We th- so the Gemara thinks that this Machlokas Rabin Shmuel is, um, Machlokas Rabin Shmuel is actually Machlokas Tanon, because Rabbi Leazar says that a Maizikdana is nothing, and therefore um, the husband is not entitled to her Mitzias, I see a daim, hafars nedarim, doesn't inherit her, not metameter, basically not a wife as far as anything. The only thing that she is a wife in the sense that she does need a meal. Okay, and Rabbi Shua says that's the way around. That Maizkatana is very significant. It's uh, her husband gets her whatever she finds, um, earnings. Um, he has a right to be mefer in Um He inherits her. Uh, he can become tamitur if he's a coin. Uh, the general rule is it's basically a wife. The only thing in the way that it's not a wife is that you don't need a get. You can do a meal. That's the only thing. Okay, so there seemingly, Rav holds like Rebbe Yezer and Shmuel holds like Rebbe Yeshua. So the Gemara says that's not true. Really, it could be that um, according to Rebbe Yezer, everybody agrees. It's not Machlokas. Um, Rebbe Yezer clearly is saying that there's no marriage here. But the point being is Rav can't even fit into Rabbi Yeshua. Meaning Shmuel is a simple understanding of Rabbi Yeshua, but Rav says that up until now, Rabbi Yeshua is only talking about from her, what, what happens from her, his rights in her stuff. 
That's what the Mishnah, that's what Shmuel was talking about. Over here, we're talking about from his to her. Um, that's a different direction. Maybe that's different. Maybe Rav would be Maida. Um, maybe Rabbi Shua would be Maida to Rav. Things that um, um, in that other direction. That's the difference. Okay. Took us to the next thing of Blos, which is the war not close. Rav Huna Barachia said to Rav Kana that uh, he said it over in the name of Shmuel that there's only Nixay Malut, but Nixay Tzom Barzel, she is still entitled to the Ksuva, the, the Tzom Barzel parts of the Ksuva. And the Shaila is, or Papa says, which case are you going on? You're talking about the Miyun case? If the, if, the, if the funds are there, the items are there, so then in every case she should get it. And if they're not there, then in every case she should not get it. What are you talking about, an islandist, not the Mamenis? So if it's there, then she should, then she should get it. If it's not there, then if anything, the Nixi Meluk is more likely that she should be entitled to it, because that never really left her a shot, as opposed to Nixi Zambarsel, which basically becomes the husband's, and he just gave a guarantee to give a, like a set amount. So the Gemara says it must be that it's going on the Shnias, meaning there was a pretty union over here, and the rabbis, when they made their penalty, they made her uh, not be entitled to what's coming from him, and him not be entitled to what's coming from her because of the penalty. Okay, Rav Shimon Barashi says, we see from Afghana that, if, if, that when a woman brings a, uh, a jacket, so then we look at that as a uh, coat, so it's, um, and it's basically, uh, it's sellable, and uh, you can buy land with it, and he can eat the pears. So we look at it as a Karen. And, uh, I mean, and, um, and, and, uh, um, and he doesn't wear it till it gets worn out. And Rav Nachman says, no, it's Paris, and that's because he argues on this side. But anyway, that's the machlokas between Rav Kana and Rav Nachman. Okay, next thing we talked about is Shmuel. He says that, uh, that this uh, fact that she doesn't have a ksuva is only for the 100 or 200, but any add-ons in the ksuva then that, that she would get, <coughs> and the price has said so as well. Um, the Nashim that the Chum say don't have a ksuva, like Mamenes and all the, that group, don't have the Manu Masayim, but the Tosafes, that's added on that they do have. Okay, and um, the ones that are Yotzes below ksuva, Okay, like Overus uh, Aldas, meaning sometimes a woman uh, goes against the halachos. So for her, for that situation, so they don't get even, it's a kanas, so penalty is that they don't even get the tosafet. They lose, they forfeit the entire ksuva, including the addition, no amounts. And surely the 100 and 200 as well. And if it's Yotzim Mishum Shem Ra, which is a case where he has suspicions about her, not conclusive, but suspicions that she's cheating on him then she does get what's in front of her and leaves. Um, I mean, uh, so she is entitled to her, um, the Nixim Melug. Um, now, uh, this is a proof to Rav Huna, because Rav Huna says that she does not lose the, um, the worn-out garments that are still intact, that's the, that she still has. And Rav Nachman also says, uh, that Rav Nachman disagrees. He, the, the Tana said in front of Rav Nachman, that she does lose the worn-out clothes that are still around. And he says, why? Uh, if she cheated, doesn't mean that her clothes cheated, which is a funny expression. Um, and he says, they fix it to loiv see the blows, and Rabbi Baruchana said, Nei Rabbi Yochanan, that's only Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Menachem, Stam Mishalak Rabbi Menachem, Chavim said that she doesn't lose it. So that's the bottom line. Now, if... 
he married an islandess knowing that she's an islandess, that's a whole different story, then she's entitled to the ksuva. It's only because it was like a mistaken notion. So Rav Hona says that's only, like an islandess is like a woman, but not a woman. But Amana is a full-fledged woman. Meaning if he didn't realize that she was, a, that she was previously married, that does not affect, uh, we, he can't say it's a mekachtos or a false, you know, like I didn't, and therefore she will always be entitled to a get, a ksuva, whatever, the whole thing. Um, Why, if, she's, if he assumed that she's a psula? Yeah, but he didn't say anything. He just assumed. So it's just, uh, you know, she didn't mention. It never came up in conversation that she was previously married. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so that's the scenario, okay? Um, so it, just had two kids this is what he said. So it's only, okay, so, so that's the thing. An island is... If he knew about it, she's entitled to a If he didn't know, it's, a, it's no ksuba. Almana is a ishigamura. Whether he knew about it or didn't know about it, she's entitled to a That's what Rav Huna says. Rav Yudha disagrees. He says it's both the same thing. They're both, if he knew about it, then she's entitled to the ksuba. If he did not know, no ksuba. So we brought a kasha. Okay? It says that if he marries her, uh, that that is the sta- that that's her status, and it turns out that it is the status. So then, of course, she's entitled to it. It sounds like that without having it in mind, um, the stam is that she wouldn't be entitled to ksuba. He didn't realize, meaning he didn't say anything. The assumption would be that no that, that, that there's no ksuba. So the Gemara says, no, maybe it means that if he had in mind that it was that becheskas that she is not, and it turns out that she is, so then that's when there's no ksuba. But, but stam not. Anyway, we brought very clear proof that actually says, why not just say stam if that's true? So the answer is, uh, it's very clear. Uh, we, we brought a, a, a very clear statement that says, um, if it was, uh, if he didn't, if he if he didn't know, um, then it's basically like a mekatos, and she's not entitled to the ksuva, which disproves Rafuna, and Rafuna really was um, tricked by the Mishnah because the Mishnah said. Um, I only talked about islandess and didn't mention anything about Harmana, so he thought maybe it's unique to an islandess, because that's something that's obviously a much more severe issue um, than, than the fact that she maybe was once married before and he didn't know about it. But uh, that's why he thought that, but you know, actually it's not the case. We do make the same thing, and that was the end of chapter, uh, chapter 11. Okay. Um, Next, we talked about somebody who marries a woman with a deal that the deal is that he's going to take care of his daughter, feed her, her daughter, not his daughter. She's coming into the marriage with the daughter, and he's going to set five years support. And he has to, so he has to keep his word. Okay, let's say she marries somebody else, meaning the marriage falls apart, and then that guy also said, I'll support her for five years. Um, he's also have to feed her for five years. First one can't tell the, that, can't tell. His ex-wife, you know, when when she lives with me, I'll be happy to feed her. But I don't want to bring the food to you. Uh, You left me. It's not my problem. So, too bad. He has to bring the food to where she is. Um, And the same is true um, where uh, they can't, both husbands can't get together and say, you know, we'll we'll share the load of sustaining her. How much does she need to eat? It's not how it works. One will actually feed. The other one is going to have to provide the equal funds uh, because that's the deal that you signed off on. Okay. This Who is how. Um, what? All the expenses. Oh, that's it. Exactly. Um, anyway, um, so that's the story. Um, what if the wife? Uh, what if this girl gets married? So then the husband provides her food, and they have to give both of them giving to Mamis Onos. So she's getting now 
triple her food plus double uh, food rations, okay, from the two um, stepfathers, okay? Um, what if they die? Then it's a fascinating circumstance. Their own daughters are in worse position than their than this stepdaughter. Their own daughters are only fed from what they have free and clear. But this is looked at similar to a, a debt that can even take away its lien to the property that he sold, even if he didn't own the property anymore. Now, therefore, to avoid this circumstance, a wise, the wise men would do is they would write specifically, I will feed your daughter for five years as long as you are with me. Um, so as not to have the situation where she packs out and he's still on the hook for the daughter that is not even, you know, whatever. The, the, the marriage is the, right, not even a biological daughter. So that took us to the Gemara at the bottom of the page. Um, somebody tells his friend, I am chayv to a hundred. Just says it. I'm chayv to a hundred. Rabbi Yochanan says, you're chayv. And Rabbi Shlokish says, you're potter. What's the case? If he says, Beferish, to the witnesses, you are my witnesses that I owe you a hundred. There is no, uh, no law. What? I think we stopped at the Gemara. No, you did this part. I did, I did this. I did, I did oh, up okay. to the Tanan. Okay. Okay. Um, he says, if he says, you are my witnesses, so then what's the Pshat in the Reish Lakish that says that you're not Chayv? And if he did say that, why would Rabbi Yechon say Chayv? I could say, I was joking, whatever. I owe you a hundred. Okay, whatever. Okay? Um, that doesn't, you can be Chayv. So, what we're talking about over here is, um, he said, he, 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 he wrote in a document, Chayv Anil Chaman, okay? And Rabbi Yechonon says that you're Chayv because anything that's written down is like he's in, in, in handed over in front of witnesses that they see what it is. That's like he's saying you should be witnesses to this fact. And Rish Lakish says that's not true just because it doesn't automatically do that. And that is where we left off yesterday. And we can take it from the second to last line.